Miracy. Hi, I'm Grant Lieboff, and you're listening to Making It. I run a business called Sticky Marketing. We're a strategic marketing consultancy helping businesses make their marketing more effective. I ended up on the debating team at school. And I think the reason I ended up on that was because, you know, if you had a point of view, I wanted to sort of put it forward and and give my reasons for that. Um, Always interested in other people's viewpoints as well, but always willing to put my own across, even when it was unpopular. And that led me on to the debating team at school, which was great training, actually, for just kind of thinking through arguments and having a rationale for what you're doing, because it made you feel, think deeper than just kind of surface value. And maybe as you become an adult, you do those things anyway. But as a child, you know, as a teenager, that was uh, an interesting exercise, I think. I was passionate about music growing up, uh, you know, and I would spend hours just on my own with my mum and dad's vinyls. I'm aging myself now, but with my mum and dad's vinyls, just listening to records, I was always very happy kind of pursuing my own thoughts, my own ideas. Um, I wrote from a very young age as well. I don't, I don't quite understand what gave me that inspiration to do it, but I would sit with a journal and write thoughts and ideas, even at eight and nine years old. So, you know, just, just very happy in my own skin and in my own company, which doesn't mean I not happy to socialize and be with others as well because that's also fun i was finding the music industry fairly unfulfilling it's quite a cutthroat industry as well so although you met a lot of good people as an industry it's not a nice industry to work in particularly i mean i think everybody kind of outside the industry knows this but i saw it firsthand that talent doesn't always mean you make it and untalented people did make it. And more and more, I thought it was about the way that they were marketed and the way they promoted themselves and the way they saw themselves. And I got more and more interested in the marketing side of business. I was also did a postgraduate diploma in psychology, and I found the psychology in marketing really, really interesting. And that fascinated me. It made me a little bit cynical about the music industry as well, but it fascinated me. I was working in New York and I was on the New York subway going from Brooklyn, where I was staying at the time, living at the time, to Midtown Manhattan, which is where the record company that I was working for was based. And I was reading Q magazine, which was a sort of well-known music magazine. I think many people listening to this would know it on both sides of the Atlantic. And there was a huge interview with David Bowie. I mean, I think I'm going to tell you it was 20 pages. Obviously, my memory might be playing tricks on me, but it was a big interview in Q magazine. And the very last question that he was asked was, if you were starting again, would you do music? And he said, no, I do something on the web. And that kind of hit me really hard because I was trying to move away from the music industry and find other things to do. And I suppose that was a pivotal moment because when I read David Bowie saying, and I don't know how true the interview was, although I'm sure they weren't lying, but when I heard him say or read him saying, no, I wouldn't do music, I'd do something on the web. I think that, well, I still remember it now. It's a long time ago. So, uh, yeah, it certainly resonated. I had loads of stories to tell people in the pub um, and it always sounded really glamorous. But, you know, these stories were 10 minutes in a career that was weeks and months. So, you know, but it sounded glamorous when the stories were back to back. So friends of mine, we all oh, don't quit. Don't, you know, don't be silly. You'll regret that. So I was quite nervous about it. 
So I couldn't get a marketing job part-time, but I got a part-time sales role for a media business in London. And this was at a time when there was no minimum wage in the UK. So I was on commission-only sales, which sounds horrific. And I must admit, in the first couple of weeks, I must have spent a few hundred pounds on train fares and food and everything else. And of course, I'd made no money. So it was like paying to work, which was a bit crazy. But it did suit me in as much as I could come and go as I liked. So because I was on commission only, if I said to them, I need next week off because I'm working in a recording studio, they knew what I did. Uh, They were happy about that. And that suited me. Um, And that's how it started. I knew nothing about selling and I was very keen to learn. And I will never forget sitting at the back of the room, having to literally sit on my hands because most of the things the trainer was telling us was wrong as far as I was concerned. You know, I'd never done sales in my life, but I'd studied behavioral psychology. And so many of the things that he said to us were wrong in terms of behavioral psychology. They weren't how the human mind worked. And I I couldn't understand. And I didn't challenge him because I would look like, you know, an idiot, really, because, you know, there was me never done sales in my life. And I put my hand up and say, well, that's not right. He's going to say to me, well, what have you sold then? I would say, well, nothing. Um, So I just sat on my hands and kept quiet the whole time of this rigorous training. Um, And I tried to do the selling the way that I'd been taught. And whether it was because the way I'd been taught was just, in my opinion, not correct, or that because I didn't believe in it, because my psychological training got in the way, I couldn't do it. So I spent the first two weeks basically getting nowhere. But over time, I, I started to develop my own way of doing it based on psychology. And it started to work, and I ended up one of the top three salespeople in the entire company. Starting my own business, it's one of those things that I think you have to be young, a bit naive, a bit mad. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. It just seemed like a good idea at the time. I never had any ambition to run my own business particularly. I mean, you look back at your life and... You know, I was very fiercely independent. I had my own views on things and was willing to put my money where my mouth was, had the courage of the convictions. So you start to look at those things and go, yeah, that's the sort of person that starts their own business. But I just didn't know what it would entail. So I literally remortgaged my flat. So, you know, I felt like I was taking a risk, but if it all went wrong, it was only me out on the street, as it were, nobody else. It wasn't like I had a partner or children or anybody else dependent on me. So it was much easier to be brave, I suppose. But I started the business in the second bedroom. I made it into an office, got a phone system, got my computers and started trying to do things like that. And it was just hard work. I was learning on the job. I mean, I didn't really know what I was doing. I'm from a marketing perspective. I I knew some things from running a business perspective. I had no idea what I was doing. But unbelievably, it grew quite quickly. I started to take on clients and then referrals, you know, did a reasonable job, got other clients. And within six months, I'd moved into offices in North London and had started employing people. And I think that was probably the scariest time of my life because I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. I felt like I was blagging it all the time, bluffing. And suddenly I had people whose wages depended on me. And I found that incredibly frightening. I just remember the day just walking in and just it was like an out of body experience just looking at everybody everybody was working really hard and there was a bit of a buzz in the place and people were seemed to be very content and happy to be there 
And at that moment, I thought, wow, I started this. And I didn't, you know, it wasn't my intention. I mean, it was my intention to start a business, but I never knew where it was going. There was no grand plan. So I think that was the first time where I really thought, wow, I've made it. The second time, I think, was when my first book came out, when the publisher sent it to me. And I got a box, you know, knock at the office door and I opened the box and there were 20 complimentary copies of my first ever book. And that was a bit of a moment to have your first book in your hand. There's something special about that, I think. I think anybody that's ever written a book might understand that. I think those are the events, I would say, in my professional career, I've thought, yeah, I've achieved something, I suppose is the way I'd put it. But making it today means to me to be able to live a successful life on my terms. So I do work that I love. I love speaking. I love provoking people in a positive way, I hope. I love doing my consultancy work. I get to fly around the world. I get to meet amazing, amazing people, earn a living in an honest and moral way, and at the same time, still have a balance in my life for my, uh, I've got a wonderful wife, I've got four kids. So it's important for me to be able to balance my work with my family. And I, I think I've got the balance between those things. You know, I get good time with my wife, good time with my family. They get to see me. We get to spend great quality time together. And I, I feel fulfilled through the work that I do. And I think that I'm contributing something to the clients that I have. You know, when I leave, they're happy with the work. They're pleased with the work. It's made a positive contribution to their organization. So for me, those are the things um, that making it mean. I'm not sure I may have given you that answer 20 years ago, interestingly enough. But for me today, that's what it would be. I'm very lucky. I consider myself extremely lucky because there was never any master plan. I just kind of followed my instinct. But I now get to do the things that I really enjoy working with clients that I really enjoy working with and then speaking at events where I get to meet really interesting and really amazing people. And that's my job. So um, I consider myself very lucky because I enjoy it. I'm Grant Lieboff and you've been listening to Making It. You can find me at www.stickymarketing.com where you will find loads of video and free resources to make your marketing more effective. Please feel free to check it out. Making it as part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Just Between Coaches. This episode of Making It was produced by Danny Bermant and Jeff Govertson. Cynthia Lamb is a supervising producer. Danny Innie is our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. So you catch the great episodes that are coming up on Making It, go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.